I really appreciate you guys continuing to share those episodes. I'm seeing people share them. So thank you guys. This means a lot. This means a lot to this podcast and the work that we're doing here. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very grateful for that. If you know anybody that might need it, scoot it over to them. You know, they might like it. (laughs) Or if you have something to tell them, (laughs) use my voice to do it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please don't. For that reason, when people are not ready to hear something, I promise you, no matter what you send them their way, they just might make something else out of it. Okay, so <laughs> it was just a joke. All right, let's get to the today's topic. Get into business, huh? I've been kind of writing this episode for the past couple of days, thinking about this from different angles and how I want to approach it with you guys. But I think that direct is the best angle to go for. So I'm going to go straight to it. I recently had someone end their treatment and said that they don't want to get treatment anymore. And this happens so often. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people sabotage their own well-being because whatever, whether I like it or not, I represent something to them, right? So if I'm standing in the way of my own treatment, that means something. People have to see that it means something, right? And I've learned through the years that I can't talk people into treatment. Yeah, it's that's a rough that's a rough one to admit out loud is that I can't talk them into it. If they decide at one point to avoid me, which is what honestly happens quite a bit. What's beautiful about that is that they usually come back. They usually uh, somehow find or remember the relief and then they come back and they and they continue the work. More often than not, my friends, I see people do come back. But I do get many that sabotage that for themselves. They avoid treatment, they avoid therapy, and they want to stay in the suffering. I've been thinking about the reasons why we continue to want to suffer. And therapy allows us to share our journey with someone else, expose ourselves, our thoughts with someone else that can help us uh, in guiding how our, how our thinking needs to change perhaps or challenging the way we think. We need that. We need that. I'm not saying that therapy is the only way to go into the wakeful state. Absolutely not. There's plenty of ways. But when darkness hits, and things happen in life and people use that as an excuse to fall apart. Like somebody died in my family. You know what? I'm not coming to treatment anymore. Uh, some, uh, I lost my job. I'm not coming to treatment anymore. Uh, my wife left me. There's a divorce. I'm not coming to treatment. So what ends up happening is they go back to the coping that they used to do before. Whatever that would be, which is feeling helpless, maybe circularly talking about the problem and never doing anything about it. So that you'd hear them complaining to other people and talking to other people about how they're a victim, but they never actually do anything. You've heard that person, right? They just talk about the problem, but never the solution. So they go back to coping skills that they know. Now, 
this is, it's heartbreaking to watch because you guys, if I tell you how many times I see someone, their face starts to get relief. You can see on their face or their posture starts to change and they feel relief. And it's not necessarily what I'm doing. It's really what they're doing in the session, which is identifying, putting a name on the feelings that they're feeling and gaining control over their own feelings, which is wonderful. They don't know that this is why they feel better, but that's what probably the, the, the biggest reason why they feel better. So think about it. When people sabotage this process and they no longer want to go to therapy, it's really a way to not confront their own feelings. Isn't that strange that we want to go back to not confronting feelings in a way we got relief out of it. But this avoidance technique, this avoidance strategy continues to make us live in a superficial level. We never go deeper than that superficial level. We go from seeking one pleasurable situation to another pleasurable situation. And in between, when we don't find pleasure in something or we don't have the access to it, then what ends up happening is that we fall into what we know commonly as I'm depressed, right? Depression or variations of that sadness, doom and gloom, whatever. All those are the same thing is that I'm helpless to my emotions and I don't feel pleasure. So things must be bad. If I'm not feeling happiness, then it must be depression. And this thinking usually gets us in trouble. So we'll keep going back to pleasure to pleasure. We never give ourselves in between like a nice little healthy rest. We need the rest because it is in the rest. That's the suffering part that I'm really interested in today. That's what I'm talking about. If you continue to do something over and over, whether it's to get into relationships, get different jobs, make more money, uh, you're trying to go from one thing to another and you're still not feeling satisfied this is the episode for you. I'm going to tell you today how to confront this space between pleasure to another pleasure, which we call the suffering or uh, whatever you want to call it. But I want to call it for the purpose of this episode, suffering. You might call it depression, anxiety, whatever your favorite fruit would be. That would be what's what's in the middle between one pleasure-seeking situation to another pleasure-seeking situation. So this important time of suffering, most people want to avoid, which is why they want to seek a quick pleasure or they avoid, or they avoid, which is the sleeping all day long, avoiding confronting their own thoughts and feelings, which is another way to say anxiety. So you see how disorders get formed? We're not confronting the suffering, the suffering of our own making, mind you. And that's what I'm talking about today. So I've identified some of the ways that, or some of the questions that you need to be asking yourself if you are going to confront that, that feeling, that really important feeling that most of us will avoid instead of seeking treatment, going further to confront this depth of sadness, this depth of darkness, we run away from it and we continue to run away seeking pleasures and it's never satisfactory. It is never satiated. This need is never fulfilled and there is a reason why? So what I'm going to start doing is just basically telling you about the questions that you want to identify. And in those questions and identifying what the suffering is all about, 
which for most people they're afraid of because they're like, if I think about my suffering, I'm going to get more depressed and I'm just going to be so low, and which is why people avoid it. But I need you to do it the way I'm asking you to do it today. Because once you do that, then we are going to possibly trigger a form of a wake-up state, which we want to get to. We want to wake up to us being the controllers of our own emotions, of our own climate on the inside. But in order for us to do that, we really got to ask ourselves some honest questions. And so I'm going to give you some of those questions today to help you start the exploration. Because if you've been feeling like either I'm really in the middle of pleasure or all the way in the middle of depression and you just don't feel like everything is ever enough. Yeah, that's, that's who I'm talking to. That's who I'm talking to. So the first question I want you to ask is now you're doing this with all honesty, right? I want you to ask yourself about your need to control. Yeah. You need to control an outcome, a person, a situation, a circumstance. You want to control your environment in any way. I want you to see what level of control you might be having right now. Where are you at? Right? I want you to really be honest with that question because sometimes, no, fuck it. Most of the time we are going to justify reasons why we need to control aspects that are external of us that are really out of our control. We're not balanced in this area. And if you look a little closer and you're feeling suffering, you're going to notice that your need to control is pretty freaking high. And I'm talking about really high. I mean, we want to control the weather. And if things don't come out our way, and if we, it's, we must be just, oh, woe is me. I'm helpless. I can't believe it. I'm a victim because things did not come out my way. I went on an interview and I didn't get the job. Why me? Why me? Right? And, uh, uh, that leads into even more of our suffering again, which leads us to want to distract or get pleasure real quick. I'm just oversimplifying here. <laughs> okay. So I will need to control, get a measurement on it from one to 10. How much do you think you need to control? Because that's where your suffering starts and ends. <laughs> the second question I want you to be asking yourself with all honesty is what responses or habits that I have that have been causing me trouble? right? And this is specifically relating to maybe things that would cause me to respond in a way where I feel like I'm out of control, whether it's I'm really reactive with other people, very sensitive with people. I get easily offended. I want people to think a certain way of me, or maybe I want to prove a point. All those are habits in our way of responding and thinking. It really deals with a lot of pride and ego. And I'm giving you a shortcut here when I'm calling it pride and ego. You're looking to target those areas. Anytime you have to defend your pride or your ego, you are causing some trouble. (laughs) Okay. This is going to be a cause of some suffering. And we're going to continue to use justifications to keep that shit going. Like, oh, I really needed to tell him because I don't want him to think blah, blah, blah. Anytime you're saying, I don't want him or don't want her to think something, you're trying to control somebody else's perceptions of you. At which point it's ego, pride, all nasty shit all over it. It's just, it's, it's nasty. Step away. You, that's what I need you to look at. I need you to observe that suffering. You're causing yourself some suffering when you're doing that. I don't want to lie to you. Going straight to it. The number three, the thing that you need to ask yourself is what beliefs make me perceive that I am helpless to my feelings? 
That's what I want you to think about. What beliefs make me feel helpless to my own feelings? Like what beliefs do I have? Is it that I, I make excuses? You'll hear them. Like I, I really get angry. I don't know how to stop it. I really can't stop my obsessive thoughts. I can't stop pleasing people or whatever it is that you're, you're telling yourself, whatever beliefs you have, those are actual beliefs that you reinforce. They don't, they're not a reality. They're your reality. And we can change that, but you have to identify instead of making justifications why you need to keep doing it, identify where you are making excuses, telling yourself that you cannot discipline or control or be aware of your emotions. Because whatever that's, whatever you're doing is keeping you helpless from them, which is actually part of every symptom and every freaking disorder you can think of. Helplessness, feelings of helplessness. You're hearing it over and over again. That's what that really freaking means is that you perceive that you are not able to somehow be in charge of your emotions, right? In charging them doesn't mean you're stopping them. It just means that you're becoming aware of them. I know that they're there. I label it properly. I got offended at someone. I'm labeling it in my head. I know what I'm feeling. And I even know where that comes from. What insecurity caused me to be offended. That's what I'm talking about. That's what it needs to sound like on the inside. But the first thing I want you to do is just to identify it. What are those beliefs? Write them down that keep you thinking or justifying your helplessness when it comes to your emotions. Okay. Now, the number four question I need you to ask yourself. Let me see here. Yeah. Who am I afraid of displeasing? This is just another way to say, who am I afraid of or rejection I might be afraid of getting from someone? And this could be like, I don't want to change because if I change my husband or my wife might not like me anymore. Uh, they might not need me anymore. People in my life might not need me anymore. If I start having boundaries, you have to be honest with yourself on this task. That's why I did it in this audio form. So you can go back and listen to it again and again, write these things down as, as questions, actual questions, a worksheet, make up your little worksheet and answer these questions with all honesty. I think you'll really get to know yourself a lot better and really work on confronting your suffering rather than running away from it. So asking yourself and really being honest with yourself, because listen, in itself, when I'm trying to please people or change their mind or using justifications that I can please a person or be in charge of their pleasure and emotions all the time. If I'm justifying that in my head, that's a cause of suffering. That means when they're not pleased, I'm going to take myself down with them <laughs> because they're displeased. But all of it is false. And we want to make sure that you're aware of that. Suffering, my friends, this depth of emotions is an important part of our milestones as human beings. We are here in this world with very little knowledge, very little uh, information on what the outcome of our life would be. We might have things that might guide us along the way. And we are built with this, uh, this intuitive gauge within us that kind of feels what would be good for us and what would not be good for us. So intuitively, you know, deep down inside that the only way to confront suffering is to go through it. That's it. That's how we outgrow it. And that's what we want to do with suffering. We want to outgrow it. And believe me, when you go through it, you'll learn a lot about yourself. And when suffering occurs again, whatever you perceive suffering is like that, that 
those questions, you'll know what your suffering is. Whether it's something that was decided that's out of your control, you didn't get a job you wanted, your husband or wife leaves you, uh, it will not be a big blow to you. You're not going to go straight to pure helplessness, self-victimization, or your other option would be avoidance. We're not going to go do that. We're just going to look at our suffering. We're going to acknowledge those feelings. We can't deny that they're there. Denying that they're there causing causes us not to grow anymore. It causes us to just sit in the self-pity, just dwell in it. And it doesn't cause us to grow. All that, we're just trying to avoid the suffering, but it's still there. We need to learn from it. This is an important milestone for all humans. I'm not telling you this just for me or for the few sprinkles of people out there. Oh no. Eventually, I'm making everybody want to look at what is causing them suffering. Of course, they're going to run away from me. Of course. I'm never surprised if some people don't make it through their next session. It doesn't surprise me anymore. I'm pretty aware that, hey, listen, I come in there with good intentions and I'm working with people. I love what I do. It's done with purity and with honesty. And most people are aware of that when they come in. I don't know how this blessing happens, but I get away with telling them a lot of stuff to help them out. And sometimes it could be, it could be misconstrued, but I have not had that happen. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. It's tough love, but it's straight to the point. I know that people need to confront the suffering instead of justifying the need for it to continue or for them not to face it is going to cause them the continued suffering. But when we shine light on them, it cannot hide from you. And eventually, you're going to have to look at it. And when you look at it, eventually, you're going to have to make some decisions, all of which are good. So now, after we talk about confronting our suffering, really looking at the in-depth assessment that we kind of talked about before with all these questions you need to be asking yourself, this all gets done. And now we sit in it. Yep, that's the hard part. We sit in it and understand these simple truths about our ego, about what we perceived we are, what beliefs we've been trying to reinforce for many, many years that may not be the beliefs that we want, but yet we inherited them and we just sit there. We start dismantling and, and, and looking at what was building this ego that we have, that we are so into defending, trying to protect. We're now looking at it. And now we have a decision to make. Do I want to keep it and continue to suffer? Or do I want to surrender? Now, this seems like it's an easy thing because it is. <laughs> it absolutely freaking is. Imagine surrendering everything that you cannot control. Now, that's a huge thing. But most of us are blurred in our mind about the line of wit. What exactly do we control? What exactly don't we control? And we can continue justifying into areas that we cannot control, thinking that we can control them. For example, if my mom is sick, there's nothing I can do to control that situation. She has to make decisions to keep her health. And, you know, even then, somebody passing or staying in this world is not my call. I don't go into trying to explain that. I have to accept. I have to accept this truth. It was out of my control. To go back and do what ifs, like what if I did this? What if I told her this? What if I, you know, did more of this? All of this is not useful because it's not accepting the moment. 
it's not accepting the truth. And the truth is, there's some things I can't control. So surrender becomes your ticket here. So going into the darkness is not just where I want you to stay because there's a step further into once identifying your dark side. We must surrender. We got to surrender to something or whatever. You don't have to surrender it to anything or anyone, but just surrendering it, bringing that peace within you by surrendering what you cannot control. And dismantling this thing that we've protected our whole life, which is causing us suffering, which is the ego. And this plays out in so many ways. For example, I've heard people tell me, uh, Tala, I lost my job. Okay, the next thing would be to ask the person is, okay, did you apply for other jobs? And they're saying, well, there isn't anything out there for me. Okay, now this is a very prideful answer. Let me explain why. Because what they're really telling me is that they want exactly what they want, right? It's not that other jobs aren't available. Most of the time when I probe a little bit more, I'll find out that they had expectations like, well, I don't want a job that um, doesn't pay what I used to get paid. I don't want a job where I don't have the same title. Well, I was a manager before, I still want to be a manager. I'm not going back to blah, 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 blah. And so that's the ego and the pride talking, which is going to starve them eventually. It's going to cause the suffering to happen at this point. You are not helping yourself at all. So that's why I tell you, you guys, a lot of our suffering comes from our pride and our ego. It's keeping us from making those important decisions that come after experiencing the darkness of that suffering, the darkness of that soul. It's okay to, to see it. It's okay to go, th to go through it. Going through it doesn't mean you have to stay there. But unfortunately, many people in their minds, when they don't fully go through the feeling of disappointment, of sadness, of anger, and you don't process it and go through it and learn to understand it. Learn to understand why you're feeling those emotions and that you are not helpless to them, right? When you define them that way, then we're making steps toward ending this suffering. No more seeking pleasure to pleasure because if pleasure, if the next pleasure were our item that you, you'll find that it doesn't have as much value as it used to have because you know that peace of mind and happiness, joy comes from within. Not that it's uh, attached to my job, to my title. I'm happy and satisfied. So a peaceful decision after losing my job would be, okay, I found a job that pays pretty good. Um, or even if it does, it's an open job, it's immediate until I get another one. Now that's a resourceful thinking pattern here. It's telling me that this person is willing to start from scratch if they have to, because it's not about their ego. It's about, I need to put food on my, my, my table so my family can eat. I need to pay my mortgage. Cool. I respect that. You see what I'm saying? So now this person who's dismantled their ego and working on it, right? He's working on dismantling this ego and this pride can do anything. They are limitless. And that's freedom, my friends. That's the freedom we're looking for once we cross and go through the suffering. We cross that big, nice gap that is supposed to be there. It's called suffering. We need to cross it to get to the other side to stop the suffering. Okay? And we're going to stop the suffering again by, we're going to stop, we're going to stop the suffering by not going into avoidance, not distracting ourselves with the next new fun thing. We're going to just face it once and for all. 
So now when we do stuff, we do it mindfully. We do it on purpose. We're not doing it to distract. We're enjoying it. And if it's not there, I'm still enjoying it. Either way, there or not there, it's still enjoyable for me. It's I'm still pleased. That's the benefit of going through this darkness. I hope this makes sense and I hope this was useful to you guys. And as always, thank you guys so much for being there. It reminds me that I'm not alone. So I hope I give that back to you guys and remind you that you're not or ever will be alone. We are all collectively connected to one another. I want to leave you with this. St. John of the Cross says, The endurance of darkness is preparation for great light. I don't want us to forget that. On the other side of everything that you fear, all the darkness you're trying to run away from or avoid or fight with or resist, all of it on the other side of that is freedom. And it goes with that saying, I'm sending you love, light, and the courage to walk through your shadows to bring them to light. This has been an episode of Drive Through.